Come in. You're Steve Granger. Yes, I am. I'm Marsha Kendall. I want you to do something for me. Sure, sure, but you'd better sit down, Mrs. Kendall. I'm tired. I feel dazed. Things go around. Here, sit right here. Thank you. Well, then, what's this all about? It's about the letters. I have your confidence, do I not? Of course you do. I minded the letters, but they weren't quite as bad as the telephone calls at six in the morning. You've been receiving threatening calls and letters, is that it? What do they say? Always the same things. The letters, the voice on the telephone. I recognize his voice, his handwriting. Do you know this man? He's blackmailing you. Certainly I know him. He's my husband. You mean your own husband is sending you threatening notes? Yes, he is. Well, that certainly should be easy to stop. I don't think so, Mr. Granger. Why not? Because my husband died three months ago. This is Steve Granger, private detective, with a story about a woman, a series of threatening notes and telephone calls, along with a very clever scheme to commit murder. In just a moment, I'll take you back to one of my most interesting cases. This is Granger. It came as quite a shock when the woman, who was my client, announced she was getting notes and telephone calls from a dead husband. But it seemed like it was more of a shock to her than to me, because as soon as she'd got that much out, she keeled over in a dead faint. And just to make matters worse, that was the moment my newspaper pal, Cal Hendricks, picked up a call. Whoa, 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 what's this? The Steve Granger method for captivating beautiful women? Oh, what you do, Stevie boy? Knock them cold to make sure they fall for oh, you? Look, go peddle your wisecracks to television. She fainted. Yeah, one good look at your homely puss, no doubt. You'd faint, too, if your dead husband had been writing you letters and calling you on the phone. Her dead husband? Well, that's a little oh, twist. Oh. She's coming out of it. What? what happened? You just fainted. Here, let me help you up. Oh, you... Well, this is a friend of mine, Cal Hendricks. Uh, this is Marsha Kendall. How do you do, Mrs. Kendall? Uh, maybe you better go home and have a rest. Would you like me to call your doctor? No. No, I must settle this thing. Oh, Mr. Granger, do you remember a man named Clark Kendall? The name sounds vaguely familiar. Sure, Stevie, I remember the story. He was drowned. Yes, Mr. Hendricks. And I'm his widow. Of course. He fell overboard off his boat. You tried to help him. The police had you in custody for several days. That is correct, Mr. Granger. They finally agreed that it was an accident and let you go. And now your dead husband is writing you and telephoning you. What's this all about? I married Clark two years ago. We were very happy in spite of certain obstacles. What do you mean by obstacles? Some of Clark's relatives didn't like me at all. Clark and I love boating. We spent most of our time aboard the sea pair off the sea foot sailboat. Just how did your husband die, Mrs. Kendall? It was about three months ago. We were below in the cabin. The storm was coming up, and the sea fire was straining at him worse. Sorry, there's quite a blow coming up. I think I'll go topside and check the line. Oh, but Clark, you've been on deck twice. Surely you must have taken care of everything. Well, I just want to make sure that's all. You act like you're afraid of a little wind, darling. Well, I am. <laughs> I am. Uh-oh. I wonder what that was. Something bumped the hull. I do hope another boat hasn't slipped its moorings. You want me to go along? Well, I'll call if I need you. I'll be right back. 
the wind's come up. Be careful. Don't worry. I'd better close that hatch. It's beginning to rain. Clark again, Mr. Granger. I got in touch with the Coast Guard on the boat's radio. They came out and searched the entire area, but it was too late. But his body was found, wasn't it? Yes. A week later. You identified him? Yes. Look, Mrs. Candle, don't you think you'd better go home and get some rest? You're obviously unwell. Why go home? I can't sleep. Got to find out about those letters and telephone calls, and I need Mr. Granger's help. Very well, Mrs. Candle. I'd like to have a look at those letters. You have them with you? No, they're at the apartment. I'll pick them up later. And I'd like to have a look at your boat, if you still own it. I do. You can pick up the keys at the yacht club office. I'll, I'll telephone now, Which club is it? The Island Yacht Club. Oh, yes, on City Island. I'll go out there today. Uh, here's my card. When shall I hear from you? Probably later in the day, Mrs. Kendall. Oh, thank you. And you, Mr. Hendricks. Oh, I didn't do anything. Goodbye. Well, Steve, you got yourself quite a deal, haven't you? Yeah. I wonder. You wonder what? How much Mrs. Kendall didn't tell us. An interesting conjecture, Stevie. You know, I think I'll go out to that anchorage with you. I'll continue with this interesting story in a minute. and I got into his car and we drove out to the city island of the Island Yacht Club. We got the keys to the yacht seafarer and stood for a moment waiting for a tender to take us out to the boat. I always loved the water, Steve. Ought to buy myself a little sailboat. Yeah, it's an interesting sight. Everybody working on the craft, painting, sanding, varnishing. Oh, here comes the tender. You, uh, gentlemen, uh, want something? Yeah, old-timer. You take us out of the seafarer? I reckon I can. Ain't nobody aboard, though. You got a key? Right here. Okay, I'll have you out there in two shakes of lamb steel. Hey, sit down in the chair in here, mister. Boat rides easy. Right you are. It's uh, kind of surprising uh, you want to go aboard the seafarer. Oh, why? I talk around the yacht club each. Uh, she might be haunted. Chad and I looked at each other, and the balance of the ride was made in silence until we neared the slim, sleek-looking yacht. My curiosity got the better of me. 
they pop. Yeah. You said there was talk about the seafarer being haunted. Where'd you get that reputation? There's some who say uh, Mrs. Candle just could have pushed the skipper overboard uh, during that storm. And maybe hit him over the head with a boat hook while he was struggling in the water. Could be. I thought the candles got along pretty well. There's them who said they didn't. Like who? I'm not saying, mister. I'm just the man who runs the tender at this yacht club. This is a seafarer, mister. <clears throat> Grab a hold of that wheel there. Hold us fast while right. you spend time aboard. Okay. I got it. Go ahead, Cal. Thanks. Now then, you hang on to this boat. Right. Say, how do I get you back here, Pop? They got a kind of electric horn on the seafarer's deck. When you want to be picked up, just sound it. I'll come out and pick you up. Thanks, Pop. How long do you intend to stay aboard? Oh, not too long. Well, you just sound that horn. Nice old character, isn't he, Steve? I'm thinking about that haunted stuff. Somebody's been shooting off their mouths around here. Uh-huh. Now, let's go below and look around. Hmm. <clears throat> pretty musty down below. Coming along, Cal? Yes, yeah, certainly. Wow. Nicely arranged little craft. Say, look at the navigation aid. Shipped ashore radio telephone. Everything a man would want. Steve. What? That bunk over there. Hmm. Somebody's been aboard this boat. Very recently, too. Cal and I got curious, and we went over the seafarer from stem to stern. The burner on the galley stove was warm, so was the coffee pot. There was pipe tobacco on the ashtray, but that was all. Uh, well, Steve? Yeah, that's that. There's nobody aboard. Unless they're cleaning the bottom of the hull. Hey, go up in that, Cal. Find that boat horn gadget. Give it a quick blast when we get back to shore. Right. You find it? How's that? Good. What are we doing down below, Steve? I just opened a couple of portholes for ventilation. Whoever was here last had them all closed. Down, quick! Callie, you were right. Cal! I crawled over to Cal Hendricks, looking around to try and discover the source of the mysterious shot. I saw no one. The newsman lay on his side, curled up like an unnatural kitten. There was no wound, but there was a bullet hole through the brim of his hat. Cal! Eh? Cal, come out of it! Oh, 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 sorry, Steve. I didn't mean to pass out. If somebody punctured my hat with a bullet, I'd do the same act. You okay otherwise? Yeah, yeah. Hey, here comes Pop. wonder if he heard the shot. Did you notice where it came from? No, a sound traveled in circles when you're on the water. Imagine it came from the shore, due west. Hey, look. man running the tender boat. That isn't Pop. So I noticed. Uh, probably a relief man. Yeah, maybe. You fellas want to go ashore? Yeah. Climb aboard, then. Right. You first, Cal. There. I'll hang on while you get in, Steve. Right. <coughs> All right, all set, fella. Okay, here we go. Do you mind if I ask you a question? Go right ahead. Where's the old timer who brought us out here? You mean Pop. He gave me this $5 to come out here and get you. 
He said it was worth it not to come back out here. I asked the new boatman if he'd heard any shooting, which brought a negative shake of the head. At the dock, we asked for Pop, but no one seemed to know where he'd gone. From there, we automobiled it back to Manhattan. Cal had to finish off his story, and I headed back for my office. When I reached the door, I stopped. Through the frosted pane of glass, I could dimly make out a figure, bent over, as though it could be going through my desk. I got out my gun. <gasps> Mr. Granger! Why the gun? I thought you were going home to rest, Mrs. Kendall. I tried. I became terrified. I, I thought the phone would ring. I, I couldn't stand it anymore. So you came down to my office. You make yourself at home. After all, the door was unlocked. Uh-huh. What's wrong, Mr. Granger? Why are you looking like that? Have you found out something? Yes, Mrs. Kendall. How long has it been since you've been aboard the seafarer? Not since the police made their investigation. Why do you ask? Do you permit anybody aboard your boat? Well, of course not. Why should I? Joe Hendricks and I went out to the island club. We were aboard the seafarer. We found a warm stove plus a warm coffee pot. Also, some tobacco in one of the ashtrays. You got anything to say? No, I know nothing of this. Who would go aboard the seafarer without permission? How about some of the in-laws? Oh, I, I don't think they'd trespass. Who are they? They're Clark's sister, Anne, his brother, Paul. They live in New York? Last I heard, Anne was in Canada. Paul's in Mexico, Veracruz. Just loafing, is that it? Paul runs a commercial fishing fleet. It's called the Candle Company. Hmm. Mrs. Candle, why don't you go back home? Oh, I can't, Mr. Granger. I'm frightened. I keep hearing Clark's voice on the telephone. Gotta get some rest. I'll telephone a hotel nearby and get your room. But, Mr. Granger... By the way, Mrs. Kendall, there's an old boatman down at the Island Yacht Club. They call him Pop. What about him? What reason would he have for saying that the seafarer was haunted? What do you know about that? Nothing, Mr. Granger. Absolutely nothing. She stood there, straight and dignified, and her voice never gave a quiver. But I noticed the look of dismay in her eyes when I mentioned Pop. A look which went as quickly as it came. In just a moment, I'll bring you the climax of the case. I conducted Marsha Kendall to a nearby hotel and fixed her room. If the letters and telephone calls from her dead husband were bothering her so much, I figured she ought to be safe from them for a while. But the look in her eyes at the reference to Pop, who'd taken Cal and me out to the Kendall's yacht, sent me in search of the old boatman. I was told he might be found in a bistro called the Crossed Anchors. This was quite a hangout that evidently was not frequented by the upper classes. It had an odor which reminded me of booze water, which wasn't bad when you got used to it. The old-timer was seated at a back table. There was another man with him. A sailor, complete with dungarees and a beard. When he left... I moved over. Hiya, Pop. Why do you want? You took me out of the sea pair a couple of hours back. I might want you to do it again. Now. Get my relief man. The relief man doesn't know anything about a shot that was fired at us. Would you? I got nothing more to say about the sea pair, and I don't know nothing about no shooting. Even over a drink? Even over the whole Atlantic Ocean. Clark Kendall was drowned off the seafarer, old-timer. I'd like to ask some questions. There are those who say that Mrs. Kendall can answer a lot of questions, if she wants to. Ask her. 
Ask her what? Like, uh, did she hit Kendall over the head with a boat hook instead of fishing him out of the water? You said they didn't get along. There are those who say she married him for his money. Who is those who say, Pop? I could mention your remarks to the police. Then what? Your placement? Nope. And talk not. Hey, Charlie, come here a minute. So, you are having a drink on me. Yeah. I'm having one on you right now. What's yours, Pop? This fella here. He's been sort of threatening me. He says he might tell the police I was talking about the seafarer. Uh, get up, mister. Why? Never mind why. Get up and get out. Okay. I'll go along with you and make sure. You don't have to guide me, bartender. I can find my way to the door. Yeah, I know you can. Only don't find your way back in here again. I might have argued with that bartender, but he was out of my weight class. He'd have tipped the scales at about 210. I went back to my office and put in a long-distance call. As I waited for the connection, I made a quick call to Cal Hendricks. Hendricks speaking. Cal, this is Granger. Oh, yes, Stevie. What's new with the haunted lady and the haunted boat? I want you to do me a favor, Cal. Clark Kendall was buried in Long Tier Cemetery. Check for me. See if he was actually interred, will you? Oh, you think he was never buried? Just check. I'll take it from there. And when you've done it, come around here and pick me up. I hung up and waited for a reply to my long-distance effort. When it came through, I knew a lot more, but still not enough. I sat thinking till Cal Hendricks showed up, and then we beat it around the corner to the hotel where Marsha Kendall was registered. Took me a little longer than I figured, Steve. What'd you find out, Cal? Relax. Coroner's jury listed Clark Kendall's death as accidental. Marsha Kendall was exonerated of any suspicion. Yeah, I know that. He was in Lawntier Cemetery. Was he definitely uh, identified as Clark Kendall? When a corpse spends a little time on the water, they change appearance. His dentist identified him definitely. He'd had some special bridge work done. Mm. Well, that really fixes me. Oh, now, don't tell me you believe that Clark Kendall is still alive. Right now, I'm believing nothing. Here's a room. 504. I only hope she hasn't taken a powder. <gasps> Mr. Granger, I've been so frightened. Come in, please. Thanks, Mrs. Kendall. I don't know what you're scared of. Nobody knows you're staying at this hotel outside of Mr. Hendricks and me. Unless you told someone else. Why should I tell anyone else? I'm going to be very blunt with you, lady. Is it or is it not true that you could have pushed your husband overboard that night? And when he tried to climb back aboard the sea ferry, you hit him over the head with a boat hook. How can you say such things? Why would I employ you to find out who's been making these telephone calls and writing these letters? That's why I'm here, Mrs. Kendall. I want to look at those letters you mentioned. Very well. I have them right here. Now, take it easy, Granger. She's in no condition to stand too much of this time. I'm in no condition to stand this kind of malarkey. Here, Mr. Granger, these are the letters I received. And any number of people will identify them as Clark's handwriting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can uh, prove he actually wrote these? I can. Mrs. Kendall, it's impossible for a man buried in a cemetery to write letters. That's what is so fantastic, Mr. Granger. That's why I came to you. Oh, you've got to believe me. I did not kill my husband. Another thing, Mrs. Kendall. You said these letters were at your apartment. I picked them up when I went home, before I registered at the hotel. Uh-huh. Mr. Granger, you're thinking horrible things. Go easy, Steve. Uh, shall I answer it, Mrs. Kendall? I think she'd better do that, Cal. Hello? Marsha? 
Pull the receiver away from here so I can listen. I want you to meet me tonight. Aboard the seafarer at 10 o'clock. And if you're not there, I'll come after you. That was your husband? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mr. Granger, what shall I do? Be aboard the seafarer at 10 o'clock, like he told you, because Cal Hendricks and I will be there, too. And we'll prove whether your husband is really dead or not. Cal Hendricks stayed with Marcia Kendall to make sure that she would be aboard the yacht Seafarer at 10 that night. With a few hours in my hands, I ran an errand. One which took me back out to the island yacht club. And the old gent we knew as Pop. You back again? What do you want now? From you, I want nothing but the truth. I ain't talking to you. But you are, old timer, and right now. This was 10 o'clock. Marsha Kendall had come aboard the seafarer by herself. Cal Hendricks and I had rowed out from an inconspicuous spot. We were huddled in the forward cabin, waiting for a dead husband to come alive. Granger, did you hear that? Yeah, small boat just tied up alongside. Ain't that our man? Yeah, it must be. Well, my dear, and how are you? Paul. Not Clark, but Paul. That's right, I'm Paul. But you're supposed to be down in Mexico fishing off the coast. It was you, you who sent those letters and made those calls. You copied Clark's handwriting, you imitated his voice. That is correct, my dear. I also trailed you to the hotel where you were hiding. But why? What have I ever done to you? What do you want? I wanted you on board this boat. We're going to sail out of this harbor. Together. Paul, you're insane. I don't think so. You were around the night Clark was drowned. You must have been hiding on deck. You pushed him over the side. Did I? And it was you I saw huddled in the small boat that night. I had dismissed it as imagination. Very shrewd, dear sister-in-law. Why did you do it? I hated him. And you. I'm going to notify the police. On the ship to shore radio? It's disabled, darling. Let go of me! Oh, no. First, I was going to take you with me. I still am, but I don't think you'll complete the entire trip. Oh, you're hurting. I'm going in there and get that character. Okay. Help! Help! You're wasting your breath, my sweet. There's no one to help. That's where you're wrong, Kendall. What? The detective. Get away from her, Kendall. And give up my shield? Oh, no, Granger. You won't shoot so long as I hold her in front of me. Be careful, Mr. Granger. He's out of his mind. Oh, I am, am I? I'll show you. All of you. Mr. Granger, he's got a gun. Well, friends, that's the story. I'll be back to wrap up the case in just a minute. Paul Kendall started backing towards the hatch, but exposed one shoulder just enough for me to puncture it. That made it easy for Cal and me to overpower him and deliver him to police headquarters. The whole story came out a few days later. I didn't know that Paul was up here. He was supposed to be down in Veracruz. He had a run of bad luck. Came up here to try to get money from your husband. How'd you find out about that, Steve? I telephoned the offices of his company in Veracruz. They couldn't produce Paul Kendall on the phone. And I remembered the man I'd seen at the Cross Anchors talking to Pop. It was Paul? Yeah. What was he doing with Pop? Now, Pop confessed that uh, he'd been around the night of the killing. He saw your brother-in-law push your husband off the boat. And didn't say anything? Paul Kendall promised him a job in Mexico. If he'd help him out. There was also Pop tried to scare Cal and me, too, by firing at us when we were aboard the seafarer. Your brother-in-law will probably go to an institution for the criminally insane. Insane? Oh, oh it's... Uh, Catch oh. your couch. Uh, cross out again. I got her. Good. Take care of her. Hey, where are you going? 
FOMO, boy. This is one time where you're left holding the baby. Steve Granger again. You just heard one of the most interesting cases in my files. I'll have another one for you. So be around next time. Next time.